This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back. Afternoons on News Talk 770. Rob Breckenridge with you. Angela Cocott will be in with Calgary today after 3 o'clock. Uh, as I mentioned before the bottom of the hour, the question of equalization came up yesterday. And which gets down to the question, well, how does it work in the first place? Equalization is a, is a sore spot, I think, for a lot of Albertans. It has been for a long time. Uh, in the midst of Alberta's economic downturn, questions have been raised. Even the official opposition in Alberta have suggested uh, that, that equalization be reviewed. Saskatchewan's premier has suggested the same. And maybe there's, there's uh, you know, circumstances that warrant that. I don't think anybody's suggesting the, the system is perfect. Far from it, actually. And maybe there are all kinds of improvements uh, that, that could be made. And maybe Alberta and Saskatchewan have legitimate beefs. But I, we should all come from a starting point of understanding how this works in, in the first place. And again, it's not just equalization. There are a number of federal transfer programs that exist. So where does the money for those programs come from? How is it determined? Who gets what? And is Alberta getting a raw deal? So some big questions here, but I want to try to explore some of this uh, with our next guest. His name is Eric Hartman. He's a practice lead for intergovernmental, social, and economic policy at the Moet Center. Eric, thanks for making some time for us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Rob. Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, we were talking about some big complex questions here, and the, the equalization formula, for example, is certainly complex. But the basic premise of, of equalization, I- explain that to us. I guess the basic premise um, is enshrined in the Constitution, um, and what it's supposed to do is ensure that all provinces are able to provide reasonably comparable levels of service at reasonably comparable levels of taxation. Um, And the way it does that is, you know, uh, the Fed's outline a formula about uh, that tries to measure exactly how much money or revenue-raising ability each province has compares it to a standard and then tries to fill the gap between how much a province can raise in revenue and that standard. It's a sort of basic kind of gap-filling exercise. And okay. that's... Um, sorry, go ahead, Rob. No, okay. And and so the money for that program comes out of federal revenues, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Um, okay. So the, the, the money that uh, the feds levy from their own personal income taxes, corporate taxes, uh, you know, sales taxes, all the, all that, it's... Uh, you know, it's a federally raised revenue, and uh, so it, it, it's a federal spending program on the other side. Right, because yeah. it's been suggested in the past here in Alberta that somehow we could withhold transfer payments, we could opt out of transfer payments, or that we'd have more money for the Alberta government to spend if we weren't transferring all, all of this money. It, it, it really doesn't work that way. Yeah, I think that's a common misconception about how equalization works in Canada, um, but uh, there there are kind of dynamics, you know, b- beneath the surface of those types of arguments that, you know, have some, you know, justification to them as well. Well, Alberta is a net contributor. Absolutely. It's the biggest net contributor to the, uh, to the Federation by quite a large margin. Right. And, and so explain why that is. Well, I, so the, the reason that it is is because the 
Alberta, Albertans, uh, when they pay their federal taxes, are richer than average uh, Canadians. They have uh, higher incomes. Uh, the GDP per capita in Alberta is higher than the rest of Canada. Um, so when you layer that on top of a progressive income tax, for example, that the federal government raises, um, more money comes out of Alberta um, going towards Ottawa than it would for, say, uh, a poorer province like Prince Edward Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which again is is by design. Then obviously, that's the point of the program. Yes, uh, that, that's not to say, I suppose, then that that no money comes to Alberta because there are equalization is only one of the the federal. Uh, transfer programs, correct? That's true, and you know, and, and it's it's supposed to, you know, address a very specific purpose. Um, but there are you know lots of other federal spending uh, transfer programs that uh, would go directly to the government of Alberta. The Canada Health Transfer being the biggest one, and that you know that does provide quite a bit of support to uh, to Alberta the Alberta government's spending on the health care program. It's in the mm-hmm. order of about twenty one percent of of uh, Alberta's health care spending would be represented by federal transfers. Um, there's also the Canada Social Transfer that would support post-secondary education spending like you know, on universities and social pro- other social programs in the, in the province that would come from uh, federal transfers as well. Right, because I was reading recently that, that Ontario, which was I think recently became a, a have-not province. Yeah, about uh, six years ago, yeah. That, that Ontario's beef is that despite the fact that they're a have-not province, they're, they're still a net contributor when, when yeah. you look at the entire picture. Now, why, why would that be? Well, so the same underlying dynamics that uh, apply to Alberta uh, apply to Ontario. Ontarians are, on average, richer than most Canadians. Um, so, again, when they pay their federal taxes, they're giving more to Ottawa than they receive back in terms of transfers and federal services. So despite the fact that uh, one formula that the federal government raises, uh, sorry, that runs to measure whether or not uh, a province is a have-not, and I don't really like that term, but mm-hmm. it's a term that often gets used in, with, uh, when, with respect to equalization. But um, let's, let's embrace the term for a second. And if you, if you, you do call Ontario a have-not province, it's only when it's measured through the equalization lens. It still is, Ontario still does contribute quite a bit more than it gets back from Ottawa. Right. So if we change the formula, if, if, say, the goal of changing the formula was to send less to the have-not provinces, right, um, would that necessarily mean anything for the have provinces? Would they necessarily be any better off? Oh, no, not necessarily. I mean, you, I mean there's, there is the... It, it would depend, I guess, on how, how one financed the, uh, the giving less to, uh, to uh, have-not provinces, right? I mean, um, and what, what, whether or not there's an opportunity cost uh, that would be associated with it. I mean, if so, if you if uh, equalization were to be, you know, reduced by an amount and then spent on, you know, programs of more general application, like say. Um, infrastructure spending that might benefit all all provinces and territories reasonably equally um then you know that there, there's that that is a scenario where um where you know alberta could derive a benefit from something like that but when it comes to uh 
fiscal transfers and things like that and you know competing interests of all the provinces there's often a lot of horse trading that kind of goes on so um, even if there were in the unlikely situation where uh, there was some agreement that uh, equalization payments ought to be reduced um, what what would the uh, what would that you know negotiated settlement between uh, between say first ministers look like that's a that's an open question and um, you know it's tough to, to forecast how that right. would go um, but how do natural resources factor in to, to how equalization is, is calculated? Um, so natural resources are, you know, a pretty big driver of the what we call fiscal disparities in equalization. Um, I guess the, the, uh, the, important, the, the important point of, 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 of natural resources is that they are pretty unevenly allocated across um, Canada, um, you know, so you have Ontario. Um, it would appear that not many dinosaurs died here, you know, however many million years ago. Um, so we we don't have a lot of oil. Um, so in in that category, um, Ontario would be say a, a, a net recipient in equalization, whereas Alberta, um, you know, is has so much more. Um, natural resource revenue than any other province that uh, that does drive so much of the difference in revenue raising capacity uh, between provinces now and, and maybe this is more of a legal question because you mentioned that this is written into our constitution does does changing equalization is that is that akin to changing the the constitution how difficult is it to, it's to do not at all difficult i would say the principle of equalization is in, is enshrined in the constitution um, so there has to be some uh, federal policy that seeks to to um, to you know to meet that goal of equalization, but uh, the the formula has changed all the time. I mean, the, the the federal government um, you know tinkers with the formula quite often, and it does it actually does have a kind of five year renewal period uh, built into it as well, where you know uh, small changes are often made around the margins, but uh, bigger changes changes are often made as well. Uh, I'd say you know, uh, not in once uh, Ontario in, entered into the program, which you know was pretty expensive. Um, the, the federal government put a cap on the growth of the program, which um, you know was was a legislative change. So it, was, it took a, cha- a a change to the federal legislation, um, which is on you know not an impossible thing to do, um, but not without political consequences either. Mm-hmm. So Alberta's current plight of um, high unemployment, um, shrinking economy, et cetera, does that necessarily change in anything in, in terms of, of how these, these programs uh, are administered and what it, what it might mean for Alberta? Um, I, it, so it'll, it changes the inputs into the formula. Um, so it'll... Uh, so when there's... So there, as on Alberta, you know, as... Uh, less fiscal capacity as measured by the equalization program um, that'll shrink the differences between provinces um, and have all kinds of knock-on effects um, in terms of how much uh, all the provinces who do receive equalization currently receive Um, but it's not likely that alberta is going to enter the program anytime soon Right, which you know, it might seem counterintuitive to people. Who we're, we're you know we're, we're hearing about layoffs. You know, our friends, neighbors, uh, you know, losing their jobs. Uh, we're seeing businesses shut down. Right. I mean, it's it's tough times in Alberta. But I guess 
Alberta is still very much a, a half province. It's, uh, it's, I, I'd say it's still the, the uh, Cadillac have province that, uh, that, that is out there. Uh, you know, the GDP per capita is still light years ahead of uh, the Canadian average in any other uh, province, despite the you know, economic uh, troubles that Alberta is having. Um, but when we talk about Alberta and equalization and whether or not it, it should be receiving equalization because of the, uh, the economic problems that Alberta is going, uh, going through, I think that does come from a misunderstanding of what, uh, what equalization is intended to achieve. Um, so, and I would argue that there are other programs and other types of policy levers uh, that the federal government can use to, uh, to, to be more helpful and more responsive to, uh, to the particular conditions of Alberta. Right. And, you know, one could look strictly at equalization, as you said. I mean, it's pretty clear that Alberta is very much a, a net contributor. And, and, you know, one could try to put a dollar figure on that. But would it be more difficult to do than if we were to look at all federal transfers to try to quantify how far ahead or behind Al- Alberta might be? Well, I think when you when you look at the entire picture of all federal spending and all so um, and all federal revenue that's raised in Alberta, I'd say you, it's it's not impossible to put a number on it. I would say that the net contribution that uh, that Alberta makes to the, the federation is, you know, north of twenty billion dollars a year, which is you know, a, 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 I, I can't emphasize how how big that is compared to the rest of uh, what uh, what Canada, uh, sorry, the other provinces. Uh, Provide um, most provinces are net beneficiaries from uh, from the confederation, um, but both Ontario and Alberta and now uh, Saskatchewan and BC are all are all net uh, net contributors to the federation. When you uh, when you kind of take into account all the moving parts of federal spending and revenue, right? One other point that, that some people are raising here on on the tax, and it goes back to the question of natural resources, the suggestion that there's a built-in disincentive for provinces like Ontario or Quebec to develop their natural resources so as not to negatively impact uh, how the formula benefits them. What, what do you make of that? Um, I, I'd say that the, uh, the jury is still out on that one. I, so there's a lot of argument um, you know, in, in academic circles and in policy circles of whether or not there are, uh, whether are, there are disincentives or what they call clawbacks. And you, know, you, you would see that a lot. Um, when Saskatchewan, for example, was receiving equalization, uh, they would often get uh, get their equalization payments clawed back dollar for dollar um, for every dollar increase of their natural resource revenue, which was, um, I would argue, you know, an unfair result of the way that uh, the program was run in those days. Um, but at the same time, the the clawback was still from equalization, um, you know itself and not from um, and not from the nat- natural resources or province's own source revenue and you know when you, you think of all the uh, the jobs and economic activity that are associated with developing natural resources I'm not I'm not really sure that uh, you know the provinces have quite as much incentive to game the system on the natural resources side than uh, than sometimes is made out to be all right. Eric, we'll leave it there. Appreciate the insight. More at moetcenter.ca. Thanks so much for coming on with us here today. Appreciate it. Pleasure speaking with you, Rob. All right. Take care. Eric Hartman, uh, who's a practice lead for intergovernmental, social, and economic policy at the Moet Center. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, let that sink in here. It's afternoons on News Talk 770. Uh, welcome back. On an unrelated note, I don't know if you people are PVRing this stuff or not. 
Uh, as I said, I've been kind of cynical about the Olympics, not necessarily following the Olympics, but women's soccer I, I find interesting and intriguing, and Canada's pretty good at it. Uh, from what I understood going into this, Canada had never beat or even drawn against Germany in women's uh, soccer, but um, here's the spoiler alert. Uh, we just beat them. Two to one is the final score, uh, which I believe, though, we're still just in the round robin, if I'm not mistaken, Patrick. Patrick looked into it. Here we go. We're good. All right. Round robin. But still, hey, big win. Uh, so uh, big win in Group F if you're keeping score at home. All right. On the question of uh, equalization. So some explanation as to, to how it works. Right. Ottawa collects taxes from everybody right across the country and then has a formula for how much money they give to provinces, how much money they give on equalization, which has a specific purpose. Uh, but there are other programs as well. As mentioned, Alberta's health care is funded to the tune of about 20 percent by contributions from Ottawa. So money does come to Alberta through other programs. But no, we don't receive equalization payments. And even if we change the formula, we still wouldn't receive equalization payments. So what do we want to happen? If we're just mad because other provinces are getting money, we can cut them off. But that just means Ottawa has more in its coffers. Doesn't mean anything for Alberta necessarily. Someone texts to say, well, $20 billion, a heck that more than wipes out our deficit. Well, yeah, if Ottawa wrote us a check for $20 billion, that would wipe out our deficit. Is that what we're asking for here? And they had another text, though, that says, well, we don't want to receive payments. We just don't want to make them. But that's now we're kind of back to square one here because we don't make equalization payments per se. Just like we don't make national defense payments to Ottawa. Ottawa pays for the military out of its revenues. They pay for equalization out of its revenues. The only way more money would stay in Alberta is if Ottawa lowered its tax rates. Then more money would stay in every province. But I'm okay with that. If they want to do that, by all means, lower federal tax rates. Um, so there's the, the short version. Uh, another one here uh, says, wow, that was crooked what they did to Saskatchewan, right? And so Saskatchewan's been on, on both sides of it, so they got some legitimate beefs. Other texts pointing out that the formula doesn't consider profits from hydroelectric uh, electric dams as a natural resource. Ontario and Quebec have oil and gas. They choose not to develop it. You know, Eric Hartman said, well, there's, there's something to that. So we could pursue that. We could fight that battle. And maybe at the end of the day, it means Quebec gets less. But I guess we're back to the question, well, how does that help Alberta? Anyway, we've got to take another quick break here. Uh, back to, to wrap things up, 974-8255 if you want to jump in uh, in our time remaining. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.